Hi, uh, welcome to the show. Um, how about you guys introduce yourself? All right, I'm Josh, and I'm from the U.S., and my partner is Sammy from Finland, and we are Linguimation Studio, based in Osaka, Japan. Yeah, and um, so this is the second half of the interview. Uh, last time we discussed uh, your new uh, iPhone game, uh, which is called what? Uh, just give a brief introduction or summary of that. It's four-letter words. It's a word game with a, a new twist with graphical features and groovy ambiance. Great. And, um, you know, when we last left off, we were discussing multiplayer. And uh, you guys were looking into potentially doing multiplayer mechanics in the future. And I, and I was just saying that, you know, doing real-time or multiplayer on the same screen may not be the way to go. Um, you know, you, we discussed words with friends before. Uh, did you guys think about doing turn-based uh, multiplayer gaming for your game? And it doesn't even have to be competitive. Maybe it could be cooperative because that seems like a more social thing that seems to be attractive for a lot of casual players. Yeah, I think if, if we had started from the idea that, okay, we're going to build a word game and include social features to make it viral, um, I think if we had started with that idea, then we would have ended up with a very different game uh, in which that would be a lot easier. So what we did is we started with the, the idea of uh, the four-letter word basic game and groovy graphics and cool audio and fun ambiance. <clears throat> and I think once we went in that direction, uh, going back towards the turn-based part of it has become more difficult. And we haven't, we haven't sort of uh, put everything in concrete for the next, for the multiplayer version. But it seems like that's going to be more difficult than we than we originally thought. Well, you know, what's been the response for the single player version? Is that something that uh, people are liking? Um, what's yeah? What's the feedback? Because you guys just released about a week or two ago, right? Yes. Um, and ov overall, the feedback is good. Uh, it's very good. We we haven't had too many reviews, uh, but the reviews we've had are pretty good. Um, uh, people have asked already for uh, competitive play, if not yeah. cooperative play, uh, which is definitely definitely true, and we're quite happy with it. Um, yeah. Um, so when people have asked for competitive play, what do they exactly say? How would what were they envisioning as competitive play in this game? Um, actually, some some fairly. Uh, some fairly basic stuff that we didn't have time to put into the uh, the first version, like comparing the network that you create to other people's networks, comparing uh, time uh, scores and things like that. Some actually very simple arcade style stuff. Yeah, yeah this this uh, we use Open Faint like in many games. So we had an idea of sharing your network of cells when you play a level on Facebook, making it viral. Um, then we noticed, like, after the release, not too many people are bothered to log into OpenFaint. They, maybe they don't know about it. 
maybe they're not interested in in looking at the global high scores and stuff. And then there's another step with setting up your open fade with your Facebook account. And there's even less interest in, in doing that. So so we the viral aspect of the game uh, initially was like uh, people share the the game screenshot, so to speak, yeah. on on Facebook, and that that was something that we were working on. Um, yeah, let's let's transition then into marketing and how you're going to market the game. So you released this um, a couple of weeks ago. Are are most of the players? Uh, men or women or is it 50 50 how's how's the demographic breaking up uh so far i think it's pretty close to 50 50 but uh not really sure so more women than than uh men and but not by not by a lot yeah. Yeah. And again, go, oh, ahead. go ahead go ahead let's well, again it's a it's a difference sort of game whereas on one hand word games are primarily the demographic is uh women um this one i think sort of skews a little more uh towards men but we're i think we're much too early into the game to know one way or the other and um you know is it a paid version or is it a free version on iphone how did you guys decide to you know, as part of the marketing, what was the business model you decided to go with to get the most exposure? Uh, well, it's paid. It's uh, $1.99. Um, we actually decided not to do a light version, a uh, free version, but uh, in the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about doing that uh, coming up at the end of the year. Why did you guys decide not to do a light version? Um, What's... Well, we didn't we didn't think we needed it uh, generally, and we were trying to get as much done with as little resources as as we could, and that was one of the things we felt we could uh, put off until later. Um, I, I think now what we're feeling is, or what we're seeing is, because the game has a different sort of gameplay, and it's very hard to understand that uh, just from things like screenshots that uh, doing a free version is definitely in our interest. And in the free version, will it just be ad-supported or...? Um, no, yeah. we'll have a, a, a light version with a limited number of levels. Okay. Just so, a teaser version. Yeah. And what are, I mean, yeah, what are other things you guys are thinking about doing to help promote your game? Um, so, you know, you're, you've done development before, how is this marketing different, or is it just um, is it just more of the same a development? Um, what have you guys had to change in terms of your understanding to become more effective at marketing your game? Uh, well, actually, this is the first one that we've had real commercial marketing with, uh, whereas other games were primarily targeting the uh, English teaching and learning community. Uh, this is the first time we're sort of out in the real world, so to speak. Um, and probably the, the biggest change or the biggest thing about it that I want to share with other listeners is the transition from November 26th, you are a game developer, and on November 27th, you are a marketer, uh, 
is a pretty dramatic change and a dramatic shift. Um, and and what what does that shift entail? What what is required to effectively and successfully handle that shift for developers who are transitioning from development to marketing? That's a good question. Um, we're still uh, we're still figuring that out right now. Um, one of the most important things is to be out there all the time, talking to people, talking to everybody you know, uh, and really working those contacts and. And that's what I mean about the the shift from uh, game development mode, where I, you know, I wasn't really communicating with that many people, talking about the game a little bit, to all of a sudden twenty four seven, trying to get the game out in front of people. Yeah, what what steps are you guys doing to uh, to get the game out in front of other people? Are, do you have Facebook pages? Are you using Twitter? Uh, yeah, what are some of the techniques? Yep. So we got Facebook websites, we're doing some promotional videos, and we're planning some promotional events to get people to play the game and, and compete with it and get get the word around. Um, what else do we got? <laughs> uh, Facebook ads. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's different, using Facebook ads. It, I mean, is that effective for you guys? Because it seems like... People are accessing Facebook from their web browser if they're seeing the ads. So I wasn't sure if that would help them find the game on, on their iPhone. Well, for it, it seems reasonably effective. And, and again, it's much too early to, uh, to know. And we're still in the process of uh, working on our ad campaign and changing the ads <clears throat> as we go along. But... The one thing that, <clears throat> excuse me, that the Facebook ads allows us to do is really target our audience. So we're looking at uh, a market that likes Scrabble, that likes words with friends, that likes all the other uh, iPhone word games that are out there. And we can specifically market those people, um, which we think so far it seems to be pretty effective. In the Facebook ads, are you asking them to just become a fan on your fan page or are you asking them to just or to directly download the game? It, it directs to our uh, game page. So we're asking them to become a fan and go to the page and then hopefully from there they're downloading it. Okay. Uh, what about Twitter? Are you guys using Twitter to um, uh, get exposure? Actually, not so much yet. We've we've done a couple of things, but neither of us is a Twitter user, and I, I think we haven't really gotten. Uh, we've had so many other things to do that we've sort of put that off uh, until we can wrap our heads around these other things. Um, yeah. What are other marketing techniques? Have you guys looked into using your programming expertise to actually build the marketing into the game itself, like Words with Friends did, where once you maybe beat your friend, you can post it to Facebook or, you know, post it to Twitter. So, yeah, yeah. That, that's all uh, old kind of stuff that OpenFaint gives, like you can have all these things. And uh, we, we have some ideas how to, how to implement that and... Uh, so, so we're thinking of of using the open faint 
to pub publish images of of your gameplay and so on and so forth. So that's we that's something that's that's coming up on the next update, I would think. So right now, people can't post their their scores or something else on Facebook, or is that already enabled? <clears throat> uh, so what happened is we were going to do all those things through face, uh, through OpenFaint, but we we felt like it didn't really work as well as we wanted it to. Yeah. So for this version, for the version that's out right now, uh, there's no reporting mechanism other than the Facebook leaderboards, uh, sorry, the open paint leaderboards. Um, but for the, uh, future versions, what we'd really like to have is a nice graphic, uh, that people can post on Facebook that shows the network and the actual, uh, the shape of the particular level that they did. And, um, yeah, are you guys updating the app every week? Uh, what's when is the next version going to come out, and how are you keeping your current players engaged and you know coming back to the game? Uh, well, we have an update that'll be out uh, probably in ten days, uh, I think, and then after that, we've got a couple of things that we can do with the game uh, using different word sets and uh, challenges that we'll put out in uh, future updates. And uh, as for like getting people to come back to the game, so there's the global leaderboard on OpenFaint. So that seems to inspire our players to play again to get a higher score, get a better rating, and we got achievements to unlock. So people who, who you know, hunt for achievements on OpenFaint, yeah. Some of them are interested to get some open faint points by playing the game and uh, so on. But basically, the game is so damn addictive <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's, that keeps you coming back for more. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, what are some of the challenges you guys see in terms of marketing or um, other things you need to do moving forward? Oh, lots of challenges. Um, uh, with with marketing, I think like with everybody else, it's a question of limited amounts of resources and figuring out uh, your best avenues for those. And and I think that's a challenge that everybody faces. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I think uh, one of the things that that I think we were actually surprised about was so far the lack of reviews um where we've gotten a couple of good positive reviews but we'd expected to have a few more uh, out there and that's been sort of the challenge at this point is uh getting more people out there reviewing it and talking about it how are you so how are you going to address that issue um and with that said are you using something like getchar uh to also get more exposure for your app no, we're not. Um, and uh, we, or I looked into it, uh, and we've thought about it. But again, uh, we're doing this sort of one step at a time, and trying to walk our way through it. Where we're starting out with the Facebook ads and the Facebook stuff, and then we want to see where that's going to go, and then maybe the next step would be that. 
Well, does Getchar even require money? Isn't it just a submission where you just submit your app and then they give it exposure? Or is it, or is there some kind of fee where you need to see? That's why it's worthwhile spending more time on Facebook at this point versus Getchar. Um, well, it's it's and it's actually not even so much about that. It's about what we can handle. Okay. Because uh, we're two guys with with full time jobs. Uh, and other things going on, and uh, and again, that was one of the the things about the marketing that was a bit of a shock to us was how much uh, how much time it actually takes, how much time yeah. you you have to be doing that. Whereas in the last couple of, especially the last maybe month or so of game development, uh, most of it was being handled by the coders, and uh, the graphic design stuff, and we comparatively had more time then than we do now. So, how are you guys going to accelerate the marketing, uh, given you know the time limitations and constraints you have at this point? Ooh, that's a fine question. <laughs> that's a fine question, Sammy. You want to handle that one? <laughs> well, I I think the uh, when we started making the game and uh, and the way it is, um, the initial feeling is that this is the kind of game that is going to spread slowly, and people will find the game, tell their friends who are who are into word gaming, Scrabble, or puzzles. So it was not like we're going to sell a million copies in the first two weeks. So it, it's the kind of it, the the concept is is quite different from the other word games out there. And the feedback we got from our version that's out now that some people are finding it hard to understand what you actually do. And so we are working on an update that makes it even clearer to to get into the game. So that that's something that we feel, feel is very important to, to actually pe help people understand something they haven't seen before. So it's, it's an you know, new new concept or new new way to play a word game. So the market has to warm up. That's how I feel about it anyways. So the strategy then is to refine the game a little more, um, you know, make sure it's more clear, and then start promoting it a lot more afterwards, you know, or is... Yeah. Okay. And yes. And with the the other features that are going into the updates and things, yeah. um, and again, you know, we are taking it one step at a time, uh, uh, and it's it's a little bit hard for us to see too far into the future, and know what's going to happen beyond uh, next week or the week after. Yeah, what are your priorities then? I mean, is the light version the highest priority at this point? Is it? Um, yeah, what's what's the priority? Priority. Right now is is um, to get some things in there that that make the game game player more clear, and you have a better tutorial mode that shows shows you you know through the first step like this is the game mechanic this is how you play, okay. and when we get that uh, then we'll also release a light version so you can actually download the game and uh, play around with it. And uh, and see if they like it or not. So, actually, just uh, do.
doing stuff in the game, making words, it's quite pleasing, uh, even if you're not really playing. So it gives yeah. this kind of graphical joy that you can enjoy. And um, so I, I guess it's right now it's, it's making it easier to understand and more accessible. Okay. Now, yeah. um, are you guys, do you guys have iPhones or are you using iPods or how's, how does that work? Uh, phones, pods, pads. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was wondering, now you guys are situated in Japan. How is the smartphone market there? Is it is is iPhone the prevalent smartphone? Is Android going to take Yeah, yeah. Android is, is coming in heavily. Um, there is, because in Japan, the, the market is like people, um, it depends on which carrier you're using. Yeah. So so iPhone has become really popular in Japan. They they got really good deals. You can you can get one almost for free. And so it it's like in like students, young people, businessmen are adopting iPhones. <laughs> and and now uh, Android is also hitting hard. It it comes from a different carrier called AU and then really nice phones. So I I think people who don't want to go Apple take the Android smartphones and there's other stuff out there that's the uh, uh, the Japanese things but I'm not too excited about that it, it's it's tied with their own pricing models and and the, the business situation of of uh, making money from the game it's it gets very complicated and hairy so that's why we focus on iPhone now and Android later that's how I would feel about it. Uh, do you guys feel that smartphones are going to overtake feature phones in Japan? Then, well, we'll see. But I think smartphones are are selling well, and people are interested in the things you can do with a smartphone and the easiness. So, yeah, I think this they're they're big already, and they're going to get bigger. That's how I feel about it. People, one of the differences with the market here is uh, people spend a large amount of time commuting on trains. Um, it's hard to sort of understand like how much time in somebody's year is spent on a train. And that's the perfect environment for a smartphone. Um, yeah, of course, and, also, I mean, and also feature phones because you look at some of the popular Japanese social networks and, you know, yeah. I don't, you know, they're they're on feature phones. So that's... And they're doing pretty well. So that's so that's the that's another question that you know indie developers might have if they're targeting mobile is is it worth it to target feature phones at this point or is it worth it to just go all in on smartphones? Uh, I think like uh, like Sammy said, really, especially here, and of course everywhere is different, but especially here, you sort of have to pick your your slice of the pie and stick with it. So there are several large companies and one of the, one of the large mobile companies is SoftBank. Um, and I would say the majority of SoftBank users, uh, when they're getting new phones are getting new iPhones. Uh, now that doesn't, there's the AU people and they're getting the, the Android mobile phones. There's nothing we can do about that. Yeah. Really, but 
Um, and so, so Android might be something that you guys will consider maybe later on, early in, yeah, early next yeah, year or something. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah as, as soon as as soon as we can, as soon as we can devote more resources to that. Um, um, so, with that said, have you guys looked into a cross-platform tool like maybe Unity to to develop for both iPhone and Android, or are you going to, yeah, to do separate yeah, yeah. development? Unity, Unity was on the top of the list when we when we decided like we're gonna do stuff on 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 the iPhone, yeah. and uh, and then I looked into Unity and what you can do with it, and then we felt like that point of time with the game we were doing. Four letter words that was a bit of overkill, and as the way it turned out, like uh, our programmer, he he was not too interested in in doing stuff with Unity. He wanted to go Objective C and use Cocos 2D and all those libraries, right. and and that was fine. So I think the Unity thing will will come in later point uh, with with more complex games that are are 3D. And uh, yeah, but, but definitely very very interesting, and I think uh, um, I'm, it's an interesting product. Um, yeah. Um, going back to marketing, you guys come from a Flash background. Have you thought of making a Flash version of your game to promote your mobile version, or is that even something that's needed at this point? Uh, we well, we actually talked about having a Flash version, um, not just to promote. Uh, this version, but as uh, another project that we we're working on, which is a, a website with Flash games dedicated to language learning. Uh, but again, it's we're at the one step at a time yeah. stage oh. where we really have to focus on one thing at a time <clears throat> and make sure we're getting that packaged up and out the door. Uh, uh, let's let's talk about then the future of the studio. Where do you you know what are your goals for the studio and yeah where yeah, what are your hopes? Well, as as I said a little bit earlier, within uh, within five years, we would like to be doing uh, games, console games, and we would like to be in a situation where uh, language learning and and other learning challenges are being addressed through video games and we'd like to be the leader in that movement yeah and also like the early stages we're thinking of collaborating with with other major game producers to to offer our sort of technology or knowledge of how to incorporate elements in their games that help help with the uh, you know building the learning aspect in but it turns out like when when you start, nobody knows you. You know, nobody's interested, yeah. and that's why we we decided like, well, we gotta start making our own games, and uh, make a name for ourselves, and move on to that avenue. And I think it can work both ways. You know, if if we can get get enough revenue, make make more games in you know bigger titles, we keep doing that. Uh, if we can sell out our you know, special skill and, and knowledge about how, how to make your game as a learning platform. It's a fun game, but it, yeah. it helps learning. So that's another way to go. So, so yeah, I would like to produce games a lot, but, you know, you can go many ways. <laughs> um, so you guys want to become the leader in the games as learning platform space? 
or yep. or the language space like which what's the focus at this point oh we're we're focused primarily on on language uh and that said that that is a huge field um there's plenty of room in here for lots of different people not not that i'm inviting other people. <laughs> sure. um, how yeah so how are you going to execute on this goal to to become the leader uh because you know like you said you've got these other challenges you've got other job commitments how do you go from this small studio to some you know something that's ubiquitous that everyone's using to uh, learn a language or enhance their vocabulary or something else like that. Well, this this game's the first step, and we're hoping to be able to attract some investment this year. Uh, so, are you guys going to try to get venture capital, or are you looking for angel investing, or how's adventure capital? I guess. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, adventure capital. Okay. Uh, um, well, that's that's exciting, you know. Um, looking into like, I mean, that's that's different. That's different than most indie developers that maybe have a game out on iPhone or something else. They're just trying to get the most out of that game. So, yeah, strategy it's, is it's, to just go ahead. Yeah, it, it's it, the the idea is like, uh, well, the mobile games are interesting, and we're going to do that. But the focus is on on bigger, bigger, bigger things. And uh, try our concepts, try our ideas, and uh, make them into simple games, and gradually get more complex, and and get established in this thing that we're trying to do. Yeah. And it's been an interesting journey so far. We had a we had a lot of a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, how are you going to convince venture capitalists to invest? And quote edutainment platforms, you know, because edutainment has been a buzzword for a while, and you know, it hasn't really worked out for investors in that space. So, how that's, how do you pitch VCs in this case to actually get them to invest? Aside from our charming personalities sure. and quick, um, <laughs> what what we need and and the what the entire industry needs is it needs proof of concept. Yeah. And that's the uh, that's the point that we're struggling with right now, uh, and we meaning the industry, um, because there isn't enough out there for anybody to say, a yes, it's working, and b uh, it's profitable. Yeah. But we're right at the the sort of crest of the wave with this, where just in the last two or three years, there's been quite a lot of uh, small studies published about video games and learning and video games and language learning. And then in the sort of broader industry of serious games, there's been quite a lot of talk um, about the uh, marketability of, of serious games. So we feel like we're right about there. And what we're trying to work out uh, right now with these mobile games is this proof of concept. We want to be able to say, uh, yes, people will buy games specifically to learn languages. Um, you know, a lot of huge trends on the internet and, you know, in technology happen when one new mechanic or one new thing changes that, you know, makes it more accessible. 
Uh, so, for example, with uh, social networks, the proliferation of digital cameras and being able to share photos made those social networks more uh, appealing to a wider audience who just wanted to view both photos of their friends. Um, right. You know, and same with social games, right? Like social games, because there was these social aspects, gaming become, became way more mainstream compared to these single-player type of quick-play experiences. Um, so what do you feel are the mechanics that are going to finally make serious games or these types of games ubiquitous and uh, more mainstream? Well, in, in, in a lot of ways, I, I feel like it's probably less about the mechanics and more about uh, the mindset um, okay. that needs to change in that uh, whenever we associate learning with or when we think about learning we associate it with a school environment with a particular kind of environment which is which is most in most cases antithetical to actual learning <laughs> yeah uh, and this concept that we all know because we're in the industry but this concept of video games as learning platforms uh is really not accepted uh out in the the broader world um and that's the sort of thing that once that changes, it's, I, I think it's going to be everywhere. I think we'll see the learning games everywhere. Um, yeah. And, go ahead. Yeah. And so something like what, what we're seeing happening in the last couple of years with all of these uh, wonderful mobile devices and the gaming that's happening on there is we're seeing games sort of come out into the public sphere and their things that are uh, being played all the time and everywhere. <clears throat> I think once we get a few learning games out there uh, that are also in this sort of public sphere, I think then we're going to see that mindset change. And then we'll have enough, uh, and talking industry-wide, we'll, we'll have enough attention so that we can really, really develop uh, the studies and put the resources to measuring it. Okay. Um, and you know, part of that might just also be the business model, right? Like having a f game that's free just attracts a lot more people that might, uh, get yeah. more exposure and, you know, ultimately get some other people to p play versus you even look at some of the language software. Now you have to pay a steep price just to, um, get basic access, which is prohibitive for most people, unless they're in a company or their company's going to pay for it. So, um, so I guess it'll be a series of things. And, and, that was actually, and that was actually where we started a couple of years ago, was saying, you know, what we need to do is we need to provide uh, an online service with Flash games that's uh, free to play. And what we discovered was we we couldn't afford to do that in terms of our resources because of the amount of development needed and the number of games that need to be developed. So we, we couldn't, from that angle, we couldn't wait the sort of two or three years before we'd actually start making any money back. Uh, nor could we get people interested in investing in something that's totally unproven. Yeah. And, and so we started at that point, and now we're back to, well, let's make one game and make this game successful, and then make another game and make that game successful, and then come back to this idea of 
uh, online free-to-play uh, gaming. Okay. Uh, so do you guys have any suggestions for other developers who are looking, you know, other experimental indie game developers who are looking to, you know, uh, start their own innovative game studio or apply games to non-traditional, you know, non-entertainment uh, types of industries. Oh, just do it. Get out just, there. <laughs> just do it. And, uh, and like a uh, little bit of background with Lingomation Studio. I'm a, I'm a programmer. Yeah. I've been doing that for the most part of my life. And I met up with Josh a few years ago and he's a linguist and he's in the educational field. And we talked and, and we thought like, yeah, we could do stuff together. So you you just knowing how to code or stuff like that, that's that's great, but you have to team up with people that um, know of, of let's say with, with our case the educational field yeah. and and are connected and then, then you can talk and discuss ideas and so I, I think it's it's about the people you get around yourself that you end up with that that's your best resource and and um that's something that everybody should think carefully it's it's about the people yeah. who are doing the things with you and um where can listeners find out more information about the game or you know check out your studio and stuff like that uh linguimation.com Okay. And Linguimation is L-I-N-G-U-A-M-A-T-I-O-N, Linguimation.com. And uh, we're on Facebook, and if they check for four-letter words, uh, anywhere on Facebook or on the App Store. Okay, great. Um, thank you guys very much for your time. Take care. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye.